Our scripture this morning is Psalm 119, verse 11, and it's just one verse, so I'm going to invite you to say it with me. Let's say it together. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh, one more time. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word and an opportunity that we might hear from you. So we ask that your spirit would indeed open our hearts and our minds and our ears so that we could hear what you are speaking to us because we know that you have a word for each one of us this day. And I pray, Lord, that you would take these words of mine, that you would turn them from water into wine, because, God, we believe that you will take even the simplest of things and do miracles with it. So do that even now in our midst this day. In Jesus' name, amen. The last several weeks, we've um, been making our way through a study, 40 Days in the Word. So through this series, we're talking about meditating on God's Word and, and spending time in God's Word. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for this study that Rick Warren put out and, and just the opportunities that we've had to gather in small groups. It's amazing what God is doing and how God's opening His Word in ways that um, we might not have seen if we weren't taking this time. So this being one of those five essential practices of the Christian faith, knowing the word of God, living the word of God, loving the word of God. It's, it's one of the things that, we, that we're called to do that's essential in our faith. So we've been taking time to consider uh, how we can engage it in new, perhaps, ways than we've never possibly done before. Because the truth is that, that even if we're in God's Word every day, sometimes it can, it can just be a little kind of stale. Sometimes we might find ourselves reading scriptures and just like, I don't don't really get this one. Or um, just kind of struggling because it's, it's, I don't know, we just kind of feel like we're in a rut. You know, it's what we always do. It's what we've done. But it's just not feeling like uh, like we like it to. You know what I mean? And and the truth is that, that we have to... We have to come to God's word ready and expecting and, and, and wanting to talk to God. But sometimes, you know, we've been trying to read the Bible every morning and maybe it's a new habit or a habit that we've just fallen out of. And so we just are, are really trying to, to read God's word every morning. But maybe we're one of those people that just has a really hard time getting going in the morning. And that snooze is really nice, and it's just so warm, and it's a cold morning, and so we just really have a hard time getting up. So that's probably not the best time to be reading the Bible because you're going to be a little a little uh, hurried then, right? If you're taking a little extra time in bed, then you're going to have to really hit the ground running to get where you need to be. So then you think, well, you know what? I'm going to do it before I go to bed at night, which isn't a bad idea in and of itself. If you are at your best, 
before you go to bed, like at that a later hour in the evening, then go for it. But maybe if you're one of those people that starts to read a novel and by page two you're asleep, don't read your scriptures before you go to bed because then you're falling asleep and it's like somebody falling asleep while you're trying to talk to them on the phone. You know, it's just not, not maybe the best time to do it. And maybe you've just also found that, you know, you just didn't really feel like reading the Bible today. And then if you're not careful, though, it becomes tomorrow because you just weren't really feeling it. And we got to be careful that we don't let our feelings dictate what we do. Because, I mean, if we're going to be honest, if we let our feelings dictate what we did, (laughs) well, a lot of things wouldn't be getting done. Because you know what? I just don't feel like it. That doesn't mean it doesn't need to be done. It doesn't mean that I, I don't need to give my time to it, that others might not be depending on me just because I don't feel like it. We can't allow that to be dictating whether or not we're in God's word. Because reading these scriptures, being in God's word, well, the choir just sang it. That's how God shows us, orders our steps, helps us to know what to speak and what to do, how to act. We have to be in God's word. It's, it's imperative. It's a necessity of life. It's like breathing. It's God's word. We, we need to be there, whether we feel like it or not. But that doesn't to say that there isn't sometimes a rut and we just kind of need a refreshing. We, we need to be encouraged to maybe do something a little different because maybe you've done something the same way for five or six years and, and it's just not feeling like it used to. So let me encourage you again. Try some of these out. Take some time and, and commit these these ways of meditating on God's word, writing them down, maybe even writing them in the front cover of your Bible so you can be like, oh wait, what was that way? I forgot what it was that. So we've talked about pronouncing God's word, how taking just one little verse and, and emphasizing a different word can really help to bring it to life. Uh, we can read a sentence that, like, that sounds familiar that we've read before. I've, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But when we, when we emphasize different words, it can really bring new meaning and new life to it. I have hidden your word in my heart. I've hidden your word in my heart. I've hidden your word. What does that mean that we would do that? And so we take time and make our way through even just one verse. But in doing that, we're we're seeing and and hearing and experiencing in a new way. We we talked about picturing God's word, whether it be something, a story maybe of Jesus or or one of David or or anything within the scriptures of, of just looking at that and trying to picture what's happening. You know, not necessarily reading the whole chapter and, no, just take this little nugget. What does that mean? What would Jesus have been experiencing? What were the smells? What what were the disciples really asking when they asked that question? Was there another meaning? Is that something that I do too? And we're just picturing that. How, How are we bringing ourselves into it? How does it apply to us? Last week, we talked about probing the the scriptures, probing the, the, and asking the questions. 
right? And, and Rick Warren has this crazy acrostic. He loves acrostics and this crazy one that's got all these, <laughs> all these questions that are great questions. It's just so wild. But I'm just talking about three instead of like some big long list. What about just three, right? What did this mean then to the people that experienced it for the first time or the ones who wrote it down? What is the timeless truth that I can glean from this? How does it apply to my life? And then actually living it. So this morning, I just want to just bring before us another way, another way that we could engage scripture, that we could engage it by paraphrasing it, by a paraphrase. So how would we do that? Well, we'd, we'd look at a verse like we have this morning. I, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And just to, to, to speak it a couple of times, to hear it a few times, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And as we're, as we're hearing that, as we're reading it, as we're speaking it even, to consider what those words mean and, and maybe to, uh, to use a synonym that might Maybe, you know, in a paraphrase that might make a little more sense to us. Because I here's, here's the thing. I, I'm pretty sure that most of us don't walk around using the word precepts all the time. Right? And, and just a few verses before verse 11 and verse 4. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. That's not in my regular vocabulary. I don't walk around talking about precepts on a normal day. Now, the word hidden, sure, that's something that might come. That's something that might come. But if I'm talking about how I've hidden God's word in my heart, what else could I say? How else could I come at that? Well, hidden, secret, buried, concealed, protected, stored treasure. I like that one. I like treasure. Maybe, I don't know about you, but maybe as you hear those words, one might just kind of sit a little bit differently with you. I, I treasure your word, Lord. Your word is my treasure. You know, yeah? And then, but then you keep, but then you keep going with it. Uh, mm, your word in my heart that I might not sin. Can we be, listen, sin we talk about sin in the church, but outside these walls, if you're not a part of a church, sin just is not what we talk about, right? We don't walk around going, hey, sorry I sinned. No, we don't really do that. Now, trespass, yeah, no trespassing. We read it, but do we say it? If somebody's trespassing, are we going to, hey, stop trespassing? Maybe we might be more likely to say, get out of here, get off my property. You know, that's just kind of what we say. So sin, what about error? Maybe wrongdoing or offense, lapse in judgment, sin, offend. I, I like offend. Offend kind of, that kind of works for me. Because I, you know, there's just something about that word, like to, to have offended God or someone else or have been offended. Yeah. And, and something else that I like about offend is that, you know, when I hear the word anyways, it leads me to that, that maybe it was unintentional. Does that make sense? 
you know? Because I don't always intend to be offensive towards God or towards others. And, and most of the time I don't realize it either. So there's something about that word for me anyways, right? So, so for me to paraphrase that, I might say something like, oh Lord, I treasure your word. And I pray that it would keep me from offending. Uh, that's just, I don't know. Maybe that's me. I don't know what it would be for you. How, what would it be for you, you know? As you consider those words, as you might paraphrase it, because then it doesn't just stop there. Then, then it's maybe writing it in your Bible. I don't know if you're one of those that likes to write. I love to write in my Bible, so I'd be writing that there next to it and, and just be talking to God. God, God, you know, it, treasure just has so much more weight and value to it for me. So I, so I really like that. And, and God, have I actually been, have I really been treasuring your word? I know it and I love it. But am I really living it and holding on to it and allowing it to guide my life? God, God offending. God, I'm afraid that there are places that I've offended. God, can you just reveal those places to me? And, and as you are looking at those words, as you're considering a paraphrase, you're talking to God. And as you're talking to God, it's friends, that's praying. That's what prayer is, right? Just that, that conversation with God and you find yourself there in the midst of it. One of, um, the paraphrases of the of the Bible that's out and that is well known these days is called the Message. And Eugene Peterson, who wrote it, he was a pastor and he just he practices Hebrew and Greek a lot, so he was really good at, at being able to read it in that original text. And and you know what he just he just started to paraphrase the Psalms for his congregation. That's all he did. That's all he was planning to do. But other people heard and they wanted to know more and they, they asked if he might consider paraphrasing more of the Bible. And here we've got the whole thing years later and you can find any dozen of different, you know, versions of that paraphrase. And so here's how he paraphrased Psalm 119.11. Are you ready for this? Get ready. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't sin myself bankrupt. Wow, I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart so I won't sin myself bankrupt. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> how, how might a paraphrase come through for you? How might God speak to you through that? How might that, just allowing yourself to work through a verse to be able to paraphrase all of a sudden transform the way you understood something and all of a sudden you're seeing a promise or you're seeing something that God's calling you to, a precept, a law, something he wants you to obey in a way that you had never understood and recognizing that that is not something that you've been following in your life. That's pretty significant. And it was all because you just decided that in reading your scriptures that day, because it's what you do every day, you were just going to do something a little different and try to paraphrase. Do you remember those pictures, the magic eye pictures? So it's the one where there's some 
some drawing of some kind, right? But the idea is that you look at it long enough in just the right way, maybe you're crossing your eyes or squinting a little bit, that all of a sudden there's something that comes out from that picture that you wouldn't have seen. You know what I mean, right? That if you just look at it here, it's like, oh, that's a picture of some, some oh, my husband's going to kill me, some like triangles and different mathematical shapes because I don't know the words for them. Um, but look at all those things and, oh, I hadn't noticed before. It hadn't been clear. But now that I focus, now that I look in a different way, I can see. Now it was going to show you a tiger or a lion or maybe even the words, I love you, right? But when we take God's word and we, we really allow ourselves time with it, maybe looking a little differently at it from a, a new perspective or in a new light, there's something that we had never seen before because we hadn't given ourselves the time allowed God the opportunity, perhaps, to show us what he'd been longing for us to see. So I pray that this week you'll take some time in God's word, not because you feel like it, but because it's what gives you life. It's the very thing that, that brings breath to our bones and joy to our souls. Knowing God, knowing his word, seeking his promises, come expecting, come ready, come with the questions, come so that he can show you something that he's been longing for you to see. Let's pray. Holy Lord, we thank you for your word and for, for these days and weeks that we are dedicating, are giving ourselves over to just discovering new ways that we can look to your word and look to you. God, we pray that we would, we would pay attention to all those little nudges and promptings, maybe proddings and pushing, that we would really open your word every day and that we would seek you and that we would be able to say to others next week, you will not believe what God showed me. Lord, we, we're expecting. We're coming. Not because we have to, but we need to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.